Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to Let's Talk. Welcome, Let's Talk family. Today, we're just going to do a little talk on um, Malcolm X, El Hajj Malik Shabazz. And today is his uh, Earth Day, birthday, as people say. And me and Faith and myself are just going to have a short talk about him and his impact upon what most people will say to culture and um, just have a discussion. It's not going to be no. Um, a research show, but basically just a conversation about them. What's going on, Faith? Nothing much. What's up? It's beautiful out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we got a major heat wave coming this way. I think yes. Saturday. It's going to be really, really hot. Um, any, any, any it, big it's plans? It's 80 over here. It's 80 now. It's 80 right now, right? Yeah, yeah. they talking about it's going to be 97 on, on Saturday. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Any 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 crazy plans for the week? Um, since you said that, I might be hitting the beach. Oh, the beach is <laughs> what beach are you going to Delaware? I'll be going to the one in um Jersey. I forget okay. I forget the name of it. Okay, I know that you know you know officially quote unquote beach season opens up um on on Memorial Day. Everybody like to just go to the beach and 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 do their thing and. You know, I always cook out. <laughs> I love and, a good and, old cookout and, and and bust it up. But um, I I hit you up and I know you know I didn't know you wasn't you wasn't busy. So I wanted to talk about Malcolm, you know, and and you know his impact. And I think that a lot of times his impact. We always talk about Malcolm during like his death, and um instead of having a conversation about him on his birth date and basically talk about his life and his legacy and stuff like that. And, you know, I was saying before the show, how even in this country, most famous people, when they make these days that they call holidays and say, we're going to celebrate somebody's birthday, it's more of for the average person, a day off. Mm -hmm. And, um, you may see a little bit of celebrations and stuff like that, but you don't really look at it as like, oh, it's it's it, definitely for um Malcolm, he's not as platable to the American psyche as maybe Martin was, yeah. and I think sometimes that's where America misses the market because you don't always have to agree with somebody's philosophy, belief, or perspective. Mm -hmm but you should respect it. And he has definitely influenced thousands of thousands of people. And, and basically you could say now because it's 40 years after he died, 40 some odd years after he got killed, you talking about yeah. two generations, his generation and the generation after. And, and even the babies know who um, Malcolm X was. Yes. So what's, what's your thoughts? I mean, you know, we all always heard the, you know, Malcolm X, and then you, you know, when we were we were kids, when Betty Shabazz, Doctor Betty Shabazz, was alive, and then his daughters. What's yeah. your thoughts on Malcolm X? How do you how do um, you view him? You know, growing up, all you heard really was Martin Luther King. So um, as I got older, you know, I really um, found out what Malcolm X was about, and because you know Martin Luther King was about peace, so they had Malcolm X like keep that he wasn't, but he really was. He was about peace. He wanted peace. He wanted. Um, just to be treated like everybody else. But he definitely believed in protecting yourself, protecting your family, protecting your sister and your brother. 
Like, um, he didn't just protect his own family, the whole black community. You know, that he cared about his people. He loved his people. And he, he wanted them to, to, um, to bear arms to like, basically don't be scared to, you know, fight for your life, basically. You have that right. Yeah, I find it interesting that um, you always see memes nowadays. You see memes and you'll see people and they'll be like, I'm not like Martin, I'm like Malcolm. And I yeah. always laugh and I say to myself, like, what Malcolm are you talking about? Because if you're talking about Malcolm free Nation of Islam, you know, he was a pimp. <laughs> he was yeah. a drug addict. He did all types of mischief. He was a robber. And before, when he became a nation of Islam, he was very boisterous. And I think that a lot of people will compare being um, somebody who's, what I say is an evolutionist. I don't like to say revolutionary. They're evolutionary because we evolve and we become different than who we were yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. when he was a minister for the nation of Islam, he was, he was very vocal. And he basically, as we would say nowadays, he spoke truth to power. Mm-hmm. So I think with that meme, or I think when people say that, they be feeling like, you know what, I speak truth to power. Um, and I think I always say to myself, when you when a person says that they're going to be an activist, a voice for the people, that that's a lonely road. And that's a road that you have to travel by yourself. Mm-hmm. And for some, they basically die by themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's the sad part. And, it's, and I think that's why we don't have no... Um, strong leaders for us right now they're afraid they're afraid like but they don't even know we will have their back it's not back then yeah it's 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 funny it's like um a catch-22 right it's like those that do try to say it now they're easily bought they're easily swayed and because of social media the way things is going if you are going to be somebody that's going to speak to the power it's so, I think nowadays with all this technology, so many people, it's easy to ostracize somebody. Like, um, I mean, you see it with all the truth seekers or, or you, the truth tellers, or even those that just question things. When when, when the big C was running around, people that questioned um, taking the V and doing that, everybody was looking at them like, who you know, what you think, you, you woke or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, how are you going to make somebody feel bad about a decision that they're making for themselves? Like we all was affected by certain things that have happened in the last couple of years. And if a person makes that decision for them and their family, they're ostracized. So a person like mm-hmm. Malcolm nowadays would be like, Whoa. I mean, and, and it's funny because you said it before we went on air and we could, um, use different narrations of how he died. He ultimately died because somebody that was from from amongst him turned on him. So it's really no difference than the truth tellers of today. Like, you know, if you really going to do that, (laughs) you got to be alone. Like you can't get, you can't allow yourself to get bought or swayed by anybody. Exactly. Yeah, it just it just was really it was really sad, and um I kind of started living by, you know, any means necessary, you know, I will protect myself at any means necessary, 
I, t- I taught my sons that at any means necessary, you don't start no trouble, you don't bother nobody, but you you protect yourself at any means. Necessary. I think I think you know it was funny. I think that um that that picture that statement that he made is like so famous and even when I did before when um the brother had came out with the the Who Killed Malcolm X on Netflix and my friend and my myself and my friend sister sister Drea we did a review show on it and I think that a lot of people don't a lot of people our age don't understand that he is considered and Faith will be right back, but Malcolm is considered a hero to our generation, the younger generation. But he would have been considered, with me. you know, <laughs> yeah. I was saying is that Malcolm for our generation was like a hero. Yeah. Uh, you know, we grew up; he was a hero. But when he got killed, he was like, according to the Nation of Islam and, and how he left their organization, is like. He was a Benedict Arnold. They hated him. They didn't like him. And the temperature surrounding him was very volatile. And it's like, it's amazing. Like, you be yesterday's freedom fighter, today's hero. Yeah, the same way, um, like, with Will Smith. He was everybody's hero. One little thing, he's um, American most wanted, most hated. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. It's definitely crazy. It's it's funny because you know, like you said, is that when you look at life, you look at somebody's life, you look at their legacy, it's a whole picture. It's not just a portion of who they exactly. were and say, Oh, this was this person. Um when you go back in Malcolm, Malcolm, like I said, when I was 17, I had like really gotten to Malcolm heavy. And I went downtown Newark and I bought all these tapes and stuff. And I think so many books. It's more books on Malcolm than probably any other black figure that uh-huh. I know. Um, it's a lot on Martin, but Malcolm is a lot. And 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 I'm gonna tell you what book is about about a particular person more than anybody. It's more books on John F. Kennedy than oh my goodness, you go on Barnes <laughs> really? and Noble, you see whole sections full of the, the Kennedy wow. family and, and John F. Kennedy. But back to um, Malcolm is, I, I always find it interesting because. So many other things that he said from a political standpoint, the racial climate in the 60s are prevalent today. Yeah, ain't nothing changed for real. Yeah, and it's like a lot of us be like, you know, we were raised, we were raised and born on the heels of the civil rights bill. And he got killed right before the you know, a couple years before the bill got signed. And it's like, how the heck did he know this? And then all this would happen, and then Martin got killed, and then 30 years later, 40 years later, we're still in the same boat with not really having no political weight, not having no voice, um, continuously marching when stuff happening. What do um, you think they fear? Like, what do y'all, what do they fear so much of us, you know, um, finding ourselves as, as a people? I think I think one of the things, and it goes back to, uh, it's funny you asked me that because, like you know, told you I'd be in my thoughts and I'm a sappy and sexual, <laughs> like I'd be all over the place sometimes. But I think that one of the um, bigger issues for why they fear is that if you look at race in this country, 
it's a social construct. And with that social construct, black Americans have accepted and war with a badge of honor is being considered black. Now, people need to understand who they are. With mm-hmm. being black, with being indigenous to this land, is that everybody that we may see that is white today, we're not white yesterday. Um, Italians was not considered white at one time in this country. Mm-hmm. Irish is not considered white one time in this country. And what happened is if you start addressing specifically black people's needs, like we talked about yesterday during our trending show, if you make a law that says specifically for black people who have been lynched for 400 years in this country, yes, you're admitting to your wrong. Once you, and I'm a huge, huge advocate of reparations. They're old. I'm a huge advocate of having certain laws on the books. They're old. The fear mm-hmm. is, I believe, the fear is if they do it, if you admit you're wrong, now you got to clean up the mess. Spill, spilling aisle nine. Okay, yeah. you are now spilling aisle nine. Yeah. Now the maintenance guy got to go down there and clean it up. So if they were to admit what they did and what they've been doing since um, for 400 years, Forever. now you got to readdress what happened to us during Reconstruction? What happened to us during Jim Crow? What have what happened to us uh, getting phased out of the housing, and up until this day, housing discrimination and how it's targeted mm-hmm. towards uh, black people and people that have been disenfranchised. And basically, the civil rights the civil rights movement was um, hijacked, mm-hmm. and it was basically stolen from. That was stolen from us as well. So, I think that is one of the biggest issues why is so much resistance. Yeah, because it, it's just, I'm like, you know what I don't like? You know, you fill out an application and they ask what, what's your race. My qualifications should be the only thing that you're looking at. You know, my education, my qualifications. Why do it matter what color I am? That should be taken off applications. You know what I'm saying? I I I I, I believe that. But they, well, the of course is, they're not the going to do it. The thing that's crazy about it is that <laughs> Some of those some of those things that's on these applications like that are quote unquote for data for census companies get kickbacks for hiring quote unquote minorities. But in the long run, those things have not been beneficial towards a lot of definitely a lot of our women because our women don't really um benefit from these type of things. Yeah, you know, affirmative action. Affirmative action basically has been a, a, a crutch and basically the band-aid and people that have benefited the most statistically have been white women because they feel as though that white women are a minority in this country. Wow. So I think that's the main <laughs> reason why, like, yeah, it's, it, it will make you think like, damn, you know, the whole it's, civil rights. It's sad. And then, and, and that's what I'm saying. Far as with our our race, if they see how the how the, the you know they stepping on our black our black men, and how they you know try to hold hold our, our black women down, and then we go at each other next. We the yeah. only race that do that. Do you see the Instagram we, we or Facebook? We fall for the bait and switch. Huh? We fall for the bait and switch game. Yeah, I don't understand. Like I, on social media, you always hear 
you know, the angry black man, and you hit an angry black woman. I ain't never seen a, the, a angry white man talk about the an angry white woman in my life, in my whole life. But you know what I think it is? They, they put in our heads to hate each other, like to hate our own skin. You know, um, we bees to men, and mm -hmm. men ain't ish to women or dogs or you know weak or you know is 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 it's just is mind boggling. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and and it's funny because like Malcolm said, you know, we fall for it every time. I it's one one recording that Malcolm did when he was talking about how the black woman is the most unprotected woman, unprotected person on face this earth. It's true, and I know a lot of black women who still feel that way, who's growing up being taught that, and it's like that was a wrong then, it's a wrong now, and for people to continue regurgitating and believing this and 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 basically allowing it to happen that that women particularly black women are not feeling protected um when they leave the home when they're inside their own How about home this? sometimes when you're in the home you kind of target it and it's sad like we target it all the way around the board just it's like a um a continuous thing of what i call normal dysfunction like yeah. you think it's normal and then but it'd be straight dysfunctional behavior and then until you step away from it you're like damn that wasn't normal we don't need to be arguing and then we wonder why our kids continue to be like where they get it from yeah you know sometimes we look on social media and you'll and the person will be like why are these kids acting up why are they doing this they need to do this but in the long run yeah they're somebody else's kids you know by birth, but these are our kids. Nobody's exactly. taking responsibility and be like, they're our kids. I even go back to, you know, and this may be taking a little bit off topic, um, twerking. Mm -hmm. And I always bug out when people say, oh, they shouldn't be twerking. And it's like, whenever our culture has its unique way of dancing, it's always problem. Back in but the day, I, back in the day, Jokers was doing the butt. Yeah, to give it up. It's like, Remember to give yeah, it up. To give it up. And it's like, okay. These are dances that people have created. But the dances from Africa, you know, it has it's, just, it's art. It's really art. Yeah. It's really art. And then, so, you know what it is? The problem is that people can't, I think that like, you know, from the, the perverts. So that's the only reason why you don't want a, a young child dancing, but it's really art that she can move yeah. like that. She's so young and, you know, it's, it's talent, it's gifts, but you, you can't, you tell your child, I don't want you twerking. Because a grown man might look at you in exactly, that way. exactly. You know, so it is we we not like you go back to us feeling not protected. So that's when you hear a woman say that about you know, oh, she too grown. It's not that. Is she afraid for? her? Because we know what's out. Exactly. So you know, I always um, like I said, uh, I was on my Malcolm loving loving all his beautiful speeches and. You know, I was just listening to a speech where he was talking about, um, you know, how so many people don't love. Like he ushered in him and a few others ushered in the proud to be black with the the James Browns, the um, Elijah Muhammad was part of it, Nina Simone. Like you know, having having that black that, like Nina Simone says in her her one of her shows, she like it's that black. And she explains black, and it's like you could feel it in her words. 
like having pride about who you are, um, pride about the, the color of your skin, and not think that you have to always assimilate and 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 be something that you're not. Unmute your mic, Faith. <laughs> yeah, Faith to be back. Just log out and come back in. Somebody probably was calling you. So yeah, so so the the, the topic for those that's just joining us is um we just having a, a quick discussion and talk on Malcolm and the legacy of Malcolm. I'm gonna play something. Just give me one second. Faith to be back in one second, you guys. I'm gonna play something in regard to Malcolm. Hold on. Hold on, you guys. In order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or re a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we're dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate? You should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough if he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk. Stop sweet talking. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how what kind of hell you've been catching and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire. Dang. <laughs> yeah, Dang. I was listening to that piece earlier like, wow. You know, and it's like literally outside of him being a member of the Nation of Islam then and being dead today, what is he saying wrong? 
I don't. You still being oppressed. Like you, you think about the brothers that um put themselves in predicament. I know, I know a lot of people would be like, well, people put themselves there to be out in the streets. Um, you gotta look at a lot of people are or or basically born into a disadvantage, mm. born into being in bad circumstances. <laughs> I mean, you you know, people live on you know from you moving from yeah. where you from moving somewhere else and then you see how we're congested in these big cities and it's like we're mm-hmm. living on top of each other. Yeah. Everybody's struggling just to make ends meet every day. And then for some people, this is what draws them to crime. And it's like the oppression, it's not a physical oppression, but it's a, it's a financial, it's emotional, psychological, sociological mm-hmm. oppression on our people. Uh, I can hear you. Somebody texting you, huh? Yeah, aggravate, and they just. But um, on what you say, the last part you said, it's like it's like fate. Nothing has changed since he he made that speech. It's true. That's what I'm saying. That's the sad part. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm tired of. I marched. I marched for a couple of people that died. I marched for my cousin, um, Brandon Tate Brown. He got shot in the back of his head out here in Philadelphia by a police officer, wow. unarmed. They they, wow. they said that he, um, the officer, first of all, he stopped him because they said his lights was annoying. Um, you know, his car, as soon as you turn it on, the lights come on. So that, that they, they lied there. Then they said that they saw a, um, a, um, a gun in his car. And so um, when they, they had him trying to cuff him or whatever, um, he told them they was he was like, "Why is your pin cuffs on me for?" Basically, you know, you know what's going on because they was uh, pitting cuffs on them body asking questions. I guess you know, but basically from the video, um, he was like, he tried to you know he never hit nobody. He tried to get away, and when he went, he ran to the um, the driver's side to the rear of the car, and the cop just shot white cop just shot him in the back of his head, wow. drug his body to the passenger side, opened the door. And said it was a gun in the um, council. Now that's all on camera. My cousin saw it with her own eyes, with them tampering with evidence, everything, and they still said it was justifiable, saying that um, it was a it was a it was a gun in the car. The the other officer that was with him, they both was rookies, but was Chinese. He threw up at the scene. He had to get psychiatric help afterwards from seeing him kill an unarmed black man, shot in the back of his head. So he wasn't coming at him he wasn't trying to fight him he was trying to run you know and um and if he had a if he had a gun on him and he no, threatened they, they, him with a gun why would he get shot in the back of head? he would have got shot in the front of the head as he was a threat yeah, to no he said he never touched the gun they said that it was in the car and that they shot him in the he said he shot him in the back of his head because he felt as though he's about to run to now the way they set it up they had his body by the driver's side door dead cameras show that he drug his body on a passenger side. Wow. Lost your volume. <laughs> Lost your volume, Faith.
go out and come back in. She'll be back. I could hear you now or no? I'm so sorry, y'all. This phone calling me. So, um, basically, you know, and and um, she was she did a civil suit, but she quit because it was just too much on her. You know, um, she just she gave up. She had threats from the um the police station. You know, other officers. They was um stalking her house. You know, we marched. We marched. We went to some small town, and it was you know a lot of white people populated because somebody else. Um, kid got killed when he was about 14, stolen car, and they lit the car up. They lit it up. They they shot the car up like 100 times and killed him. He was unarmed. He was just a teenager with a stolen car. So we went to march. We went to march down City Hall where we was at. The crazy part is they had um, snipers. It was the most scariest thing I ever experienced because we got on the bus like... um. You know, they had a school bus. They had like four mm-hmm. of them that we rolled down the march and, you know, support. <laughs> Baby. You know, once we got there, they had they had the shot. It was on the on the buildings. The cops. <laughs> Snipers. They, they 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 had y'all under uh heavy arm heavy armed police presence. When I say the scary thing, were, y'all were it was like it was like mark. something from the sixties or fifties or something. It was and they told us, um, we was marching in the street. They said, "Get out the street or 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 get arrested." We we couldn't protest. We had to be on the sidewalks and split up. We couldn't be in a. It was it was it was just crazy that somebody telling me I can't walk in the street. I'm marching. You know we marched. You know we protested, and they didn't even let the woman speak. They said, "All right, it's enough." Or y'all getting locked? We got on that bus. Philly got on the bus. It was crazy. Yeah, and it's like you know, and then we go back to. Um the massacre last week and <laughs> to hear some of our black leadership speak nowadays. Um, Who do I we say, got? I say that they're, they're just mouthpieces because they don't speak for the people. They speak for themselves. Yeah. Speak, I want to know who they we speak, got. They speak, they speak from a position of basically saying I'm weak. We ain't Fear. getting nothing. Yeah, yeah. They, they speak scared. Um, yeah, fear. They speak. They speak from a point of they getting the butter biscuits, and you know, yeah. they're not speaking because they don't really know the voice of the people. The people are fed up, and it's like, damn, fed up during Malcolm's days. You're fed up now. Like, what's changed? And it's like I think for a lot of black people, you've seen where they basically did what we would say. Um, as they say, white flight. I think a, black, a lot of black people do black flight, and they mm-hmm. move to certain areas. They move their families to certain areas in the country, just to try to avoid situations. But mm-hmm. you can't. You yeah. can't avoid situations because it's never been addressed. It's never been addressed out on but the, it, those, those atrocities back then, and, and still how they deal. But with look how it affects. Like right now, I want to move. So I found a beautiful home for me and my babies. Cause I got a 16-year-old and my 8-year-old, you know, that's still home with me. So I found a beautiful house, but it's, it's like 95% white. So 
I changed my mind because, you know, my baby, he's 16, but he a big boy. He mm -hmm. played football. And I don't want nobody feeling like they intimidated. The same way I don't want to go to the hood and because he an A student, he an honor roll. He played football. He could fight because I don't raise no no wimps or nothing. But he know he just to protect himself. And it's like you're in a catch twenty two. Huh? It's like you in a catch twenty two. You don't want him to be in the, in the cities. Yeah, because then you don't want him to be. I'm too scared of my own suburbs. people hurting yeah. him. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of my own people hurting him. And then I want to move in a better. Um, I love the house. The neighborhood is good, but it's all like ninety five percent white. I don't I don't have time. They don't they don't recognize him. You know, or, or somebody just coming home from vacation and I was a black guy, big black guy, and somebody hurt my baby. So I need to move around people like me. You know what I'm saying? My color, but like me. Just because you're my color <laughs> don't mean you're like me. No, we got to keep it real. You know? All, all, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Tell you. Going to school, coming home. Like if he late coming from practice, I'm on, I'm calling him. I'm worried. You know, when he goes to the basketball court, I'm afraid that his own kind uh, hurt him because he played all sports good. He he liked that, yeah. you know. But and so I fear my own people, and then I gotta fear that that's that's not right. Once again, it goes back to what Malcolm said that the black woman don't feel protected. Yeah. Um. Really, really, really crazy. It's thing. really true. Crazy. Thing. I, the only one, the only way I feel protected, I just pray. That's the only thing I could do is ask God to cover him when he out my sight. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so wrong that I have to really pray that my own people don't hurt my baby for no reason, yeah. just for because he's not in the streets, he's not a thug, or you know he ain't selling drugs, he's not, you know, and 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 they think they'll pick on him, he gonna hurt him because he could fight, but they don't fight no more. They wasn't taught to fight. They don't know how to fight. So. Them, they go get guns. Now you're gonna shoot my baby. So I'm I'm living in fear. Yeah, yeah. So I think we gave Malcolm his due on his day. Um <laughs> yeah, Malcolm's still disappointed because we living in fear. The women still not being protected. The children definitely, they is killing our kids left and right. So it's like, you know, it's it's funny. it's like um we're we're basically going to the bathroom on his legacy, yeah. And the legacy of those who came before is because nothing has changed. We threw we give these people street names in schools named after them, but their and message their message yes. hasn't really resonated on our people. That's the crazy part. You honor their death by changing, and it ain't like we didn't we not you know we don't want to be treated different. We wanted to be treated the same. That's it. Yeah, as as, they, as a friend of mine, she, oh, she always, blacks said. always whining, and y'all always saying this. It didn't change. That's why we're still, yeah, screaming from the top of our lungs. Freedom, justice, and equality, and equal protection under the law, which is which is crazy, that this fight has continued on and on and on for the last four hundred years. With that, any any final thoughts? And that's it, Faith. No, we just gotta. Pray for each other. I don't. I, I when it comes to the race thing, and especially with our own people, it really, really bothers me. Cause we getting jumped. And I always say that we getting jumped out here. What about the people like me and you? You know, I'm from the streets. I'm from the hood, and you know the hood is still in you. We gotta come out. But you know, you you grow up, you want change. Mm -hmm. You know, and honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. Back then, I I remember I had to be like around um, eight or nine, and I wanted to be white. 
only because I felt as though black people was poor. I did not know that, you know, it was a I was reason. in poverty. Yeah. So I, I like just, you know, a meal. If you had if you had your parent in your house black, if you ate three meals a day, you was rich to us. <laughs> I'm serious. We're gonna I, definitely discuss that. That'll be something for a trending topic and, and people don't yeah, realize. It's true. How for a lot of us, we come from some very humble beginnings in that really you the, majority of, the majority of black people didn't start um seeing no money where they could just, as they say, be like the Jeffersons and come up a little bit until the yeah. 80s going into the 90s. But with that, we're going to close the show and I'm going to let it, let my boy Malcolm just play one last time. Yeah, I want to hear him. <laughs> In order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or re a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate? You should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? Mm.